You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along on today's show. Alabama and LSU both in action last night. And the Crimson Tide join Arkansas in the Sweet 16 while LSU is headed home. We'll recap how we got here. And the NFL draft just a couple weeks away. A lot of SEC players expected to go in the first round. We'll talk all about it with Mark Jarvis of SI.com and the NFL Draft Bible. You don't want to miss that. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to subscribe and follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcasts. Get the latest episode of this podcast as soon as it comes out each and every day as we uh, recap the hoops action from last night let's go around the conference boots out to the right makes the around the conference and we start with alabama taking care of business last night against uh, maryland in fact uh, as we record this alabama putting the uh, cherry on top of maryland Currently leading 91 to 73, two minutes to go. It has been a uh, a game where in the second half Alabama just really turned on the gas, uh, really turned on the gas right before halftime in a game that was a little bit closer than uh, maybe people expected early on. But Alabama jumped out to a 46-38 halftime lead and uh, really just continued to put on the 10 seed Maryland. Uh, in the second half here. So Alabama is going to advance. They will join Arkansas in the Sweet 16. And I think not a surprise for a lot of us to follow the SEC just because uh, those were the two best teams in the SEC down the stretch of the season. And those are going to be the two teams that are advancing in the tournament But uh, from the SEC. But that is uh, what is happening. We'll give you a a full final here as they uh, wrap up action. The other game of tonight from the SEC, LSU was taking on the one seed Michigan. And early on, LSU was the aggressor. They were making some tough shots, playing some good defense. But as the game went along, LSU would have some dry spurts on offense. And top-seeded Michigan used the 14-1 run in the second half to get the 86-78 win over LSU. Dynamic LSU freshman Cam Thomas, he was lightning hot early on, but Michigan tightened the clamps on him defensively. Thomas did finish with 30 points, but it took 23 shots for him to get there, and he was just 3 for 10 in the second half. Javante Smart, he was able to keep LSU in the game with his 27 points, but got little help elsewhere, getting just two points from their bench. The Tigers were 6 for 21 from 3 and shot just 39% for the game, so... LSU heads home despite a solid effort from Will Wade and his staff as he won at least one tournament game again for the second straight postseason with the, the Tigers. You have to wonder what would have happened last year, but uh, LSU heads home and Arkansas and Alabama move on. And Alabama, look, they get a pretty hot UCLA team that was able to dispose of BYU in the first round and then dispose of Abilene Christian yesterday. But they are the 11 seed, and they are a team that uh, Alabama is going to be favored against in the Sweet 16 action. And Michigan will take on Florida State on the other side of that. So uh, if Alabama is able to get past UCLA, they'll get the winner of Michigan, Florida State in the Elite Eight. And, and you got to like how this is setting up for Alabama to make a deep run. Coach Nate, Nate Oates having a, 
having a, a nice season at Alabama that is just, they went from special, it could get even more special as they roll along. And, and of course, Arkansas, they luck out getting the 15 seed Oral Robert, Roberts. They'll play that one Saturday night. And, um, you know, it's another one. Arkansas will be favored to win that one. And then they'll get the winner of Baylor Villanova. So a possible date with uh, Baylor, the one seed in the Elite Eight. But I say all that to say Alabama and Arkansas move into the Sweet 16, and both of them will be favored in their Sweet 16 games. So a really good chance to get our two SEC teams into at least the round of Elite Eight. So we'll uh, keep an eye on that one. Before we talk uh, NFL draft with Mark Jarvis, let's hit on some football tidbits. Uh, Vanderbilt, new head coach Clark Lee with a big day on the recruiting trail yesterday. First, they added three-star inside linebacker Langston Patterson out of Tennessee. Then they went into Alabama to grab an athlete named B.J. Diakite, I think. Uh, is how you say it. He's listed at 6'3", 210 pounds, not rated by any of the major recruiting sites as of yet. And then Vandy's third commitment of the day, they added defensive end Linus Zunk out of the state of Georgia. Zunk is 6'6", 235 pounds. So Vandy's recruiting class for 2022 currently ranks 57th nationally. Good for uh, Vanderbilt picking up some recruits yesterday. Over at Missouri, they held their pro day yesterday, and safety Tyree Gillespie put on a a show for the uh, scouts, posted an impressive 40-yard dash time. He ran a a 4.38 and a 4.40 in both of his 40-yard runs. Blazing speed. He's got a lot of scouts buzzing about him, and while he won't be a first-round pick, you'll definitely hear his name called at some point in next month's draft. Meanwhile, Florida tight end Kyle Pitts, he posted a clip where he ran a 4-4-6 40-yard dash. Keep in mind, Pitts is 6'6", 246 pounds. He is expected by many to be a top-five pick in the draft next month. We'll ask Mark Jarvis about him in just a little bit. New Auburn defensive coordinator Derek Mason, he spoke with the media yesterday, revealed that after he was let go by Vandy this offseason, he was likely to be an assistant coach in the NFL. But he said Brian Harson called him and convinced him to come back to college. He said he felt like he needed to break from the college game after seven years at Vanderbilt. But he said he and Harson connected on a lot of levels. They shared the same vision. So that's what kept Derek Mason in the SEC. See what he can do at Auburn this year. Over at Alabama, running back Brian Robinson speaking with the media yesterday, talking about his decision to come back to school and said he decided to invest time into this year to become a better player on and off the field and improve his draft grade. Running back spot is one of the deepest positions on Alabama's football team, and the level of competition is something Robinson discussed, saying the backs will help push each other and the competition will be a lot of fun. One more hoops nugget for you. Georgia's starting guard Ty Fagan announced he has entered the transfer portal. Coming off a career gear where he started 25 games, averaged nine points and four rebounds for the Dogs. Now he is on the move in the transfer portal. And uh, the Alabama game has gone final. Alabama routes Maryland 96-77. to So as we mentioned, Alabama is on the move, headed to the Sweet 16. Uh, Jaden Shackelford with 21 points in this one. John Petty with 20. And Alabama made 16 three-pointers in this one. 16 for 33, shot 48% from deep, 52% from the field, and the Alabama tied. Roll into the Sweet 16 along with Arkansas. It'll be a lot of fun to see how deep both of those teams can go. When we return, we're going to talk all things SEC players in the NFL Draft with Mark Jarvis of SI.com and the NFL Draft Bible. 
want to remind you about our friends at rockauto.com. Of course, uh, if you need anything for your car, rockauto.com is the place to go. They've been serving auto parts customers online online for 20 years. If you go to rockauto.com, you can shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. They have everything from tail lamps to motor oil, brake parts, new carpet, whatever it is you need. You can get in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. Their catalog at rockauto.com, very unique and easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your car. Just put in your make, your model, your year, boom, there it is. And best of all, the prices at rockauto.com, always reliably low. And the same for professionals or do-it-yourselfers like you and I. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car. Make sure you're right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us section so that they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. Reminder to get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts and updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of all our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Roll along here, Locked On SEC, and so much going on, obviously, with the NCAA tournament going on this week, but getting in our fair share of football talk with a lot of the SEC schools having their uh, spring practices get underway and all that, but a lot of eyes on the draft as we are just a couple of weeks away. I figured we'd uh, talk a little bit about some of the SEC guys in this draft. Man, it depends on what mock drafts you're looking at. I mean, it's a dozen or so guys from the SEC expected to go in the first round of the draft. Nothing new. It's been happening in recent years, but it is absolutely loaded this year. And join us now to talk all things NFL draft is Mark Jarvis of the NFL Draft Bible at SI.com. He's on Twitter at What's on Draft NFL. Mark, what's going on, man? What's going on? Not much. I mean, look, it's uh, it's crazy when I look up at Denny's mock drafts, Mark, and I see a lot of familiar names from the Southeastern Conference. I mean, they, they might as well just start calling the first round the, the SEC round because there's so many guys from the <laughs> SEC going in that first round. But let's start with the pro days. Obviously, Arkansas had their pro day last week, Georgia and Auburn. Anyone from those groups that you're keeping your eye on? Yeah, Georgia's defense has a ton of guys that are expected to test incredibly well. I know in the mock combine that uh, they had for some of the athletes in their training facilities, uh, Eric Stokes did a phenomenal job in the 40-yard dash. He's one to keep an eye out for. Um, an Auburn guy that I'm very curious to see what he runs is K.J. Britt. Maybe not necessarily the most athletic guy. I don't think he's going to wow people in terms of that regard, but I think if teams see him get under that 4-9 mark, uh, it's going to make him feel a lot more comfortable with him as an athlete. I think he'll run somewhere in the 4-8s, but he's one that's going to be a really interesting one uh, just to keep an eye on throughout the Auburn pro day. Yeah, I loved uh, K.J. Britt his time at Auburn. Obviously got hampered with the uh, the finger injury this year and, and missed the, the games down the stretch, but I love that guy. I mean, it's just guys that when you see on film, you're like, okay, that guy's going to play at the next level, and uh, K.J. Britt was one of my favorites. Um, Mark, when I look at the tight end spot, in 2004-2006, Kellen Winslow and Vernon Davis went sixth overall. Those are the highest drafted tight ends in recent history. I think T.J. Hawkinson went eighth uh, last year, but some of the mock drafts have Florida's Kyle Pitts maybe going top four, top five. In your opinion, is Kyle Pitts the best tight end prospect to come out in the last 20 years? <laughs> That's a tough one for me because I've only been doing this for about five, six years. That's going back to 
way back in my childhood of when Winslow and Davis came out. So I don't want to say guaranteed yes, because I haven't gone all the way back to, to the old Vernon Davis tape and, and really studied him to know. But I think what Pitts brings as an athlete is really special. Uh, you're talking about a guy who's 6'6", 240, and, and he runs like a receiver. You can put him out wide and have him run receiver routes. Contested catchability, obviously, is, is remarkable. Trask, many times, just kind of threw it up to him. So I think uh, if you're just looking about the upside that he has, I, again, I don't want to go all the way to say he's the best in the past 20 years without having studied all the all the tight ends in the past 20 years, but I think he's certainly out there. Yeah, and look, you're going to get guys that turn out to be really good. I mean, when you talk about uh, you know even some of the best tight ends in the NFL right now, they weren't top 10 picks. You could find guys and gems later in the draft, but I'm just talking about hype leading around a guy. And to your point, just to expound on a little bit, I mean, you hear some people say, critics say, oh, you can't take a tight end that high, but what you just said is, you can use Kyle Pitts as a receiver, so maybe if you look at it in that mindset and you say, well, look, we're going to use him as just as a straight pass catcher. I don't care what you want to label him as. Does that maybe take the stigma away from it on as far as like, oh, we can't take a tight end that high? But if we just view him as a pass catcher, then he's absolutely worth a pick that high. Yeah, I think uh, just having the tight end ability adds to the value. Um, obviously, if you're just going to use him as a pure inline guy, you're not making the most of him. I think where you really make him – uh, succeed at, at his highest level with the next level is going to be using him as a receiver. But I think it just adds to the value to be able to be a tight end. But yeah, if you wanted to just say, Hey man, this guy's just an outside receiver for us. We're just going to let him go out there and, and win the contested catch uh, and just always be that jump ball guy. I think he has the tools where you could say, yeah, that's worth the t- top 10, top 15 pick. Uh, even if you're not using him in the traditional tight end role as an H backer as an inline guy. Jamar Chase from LSU uh, a little over a year ago was the best wide receiver in college football, won the national championship at LSU. He ended up opting out this past season and and just sat out, kept himself in shape. That opened the door for Devontae Smith at Alabama to establish himself as the best uh, receiver in college football, went on to win the Heisman. Look, I've seen so many mock drafts kind of, you know, some have Jamar Chase going a pick or two ahead of Devontae Smith. I've I've seen some people who have flopped it. Is it a toss-up in your opinion, or is Jamar Chase the clear-cut better prospect or pro prospect than Devontae Smith? I think Chase is a little bit more well-rounded in terms of, you know, body type-wise, he's not going to have any issue holding up. I know Smith's been healthy through his college career, but when you look at the way he's built, he's a very small-framed guy. That's going to be the biggest thing scaring teams with Smith. Um, Personally, I'm going to throw you a curveball. I think Jalen Waddle goes higher than both. I think the type of game-breaking speed that he has is going to excite teams a lot more than even Henry Ruggs did last year. So I would have it waddle above both. But I will say I think uh, the the well-roundedness of Chase's game and the fact he's a little bit more built for the NFL, he's going to go higher. Uh, But it it is a toss-up to an extent. I think Devonta Smith, um, I I hate to say he's better in terms of body control than Chase. I I think he provides a little bit more separation. But uh, it's really close. You can kind of cut it either way. It's just going to depend on what the coaches want, what your team really wants scheme-wise, what they think fits. You, you kind of mentioned it, but should any teams be concerned about Devontae's size? I mean, look, he's just he's a really skinny guy, and I, I don't want to say that it's a knock, but do, do NFL teams view that as a knock at all? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then not weighing in at the Senior Bowl was, was really peculiar because nobody expects Devonta Smith to be 185, 190. He's, he's never going to be able to get that big uh, without adding that weight. That's just not his body type. But he refused to weigh in at the Senior Bowl, and, and teams are saying, hey, maybe he's 165 pounds. And, and that's where you get onto the line of, well, is that too small? Um, you know, he's just a, a very 
I don't want to say frail guy because he hasn't been banged up as much, but he's a very thin guy. He's not the guy that's going to ever get probably above 175 at most. Uh, and so there are going to be concerns about durability of can this guy, can we send him over the middle of the field and have a safety come through and, and slam into his legs? And is, is he going to hold up to that type of damage that you're going to see at the NFL level? So I think it's a very legitimate question. Uh, it's one that I think is going to be the biggest discussion point in draft rooms when Devonta Smith's name comes up. Well, the guy catches everything, so I would certainly take my chances on, <laughs> on him. More with Mark Jarvis right after this. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. We know football is over. The NCAA tournament still rolling on. We've got the round of 16 coming up this weekend, and you want to make sure you get in on the action. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered with all the news, scores, and odds. It is the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. You can head to their website right now. Do it on your laptop, your mobile device, whatever you have. You can sign up today at betonline.com and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. It is BetOnline. They are your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Of course, you guys know it is the amazing tasting, low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high in fiber. Tastes fantastic. 100% chocolate on all of the bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. They're calling it Built Bar Madness. Today's matchup, it's a pretty good one. Chocolate brownie chunk taking on lemon almond cheesecake. I got to be honest, I've not had the lemon almond cheesecake but I have had the chocolate brownie chunk. In fact, a couple of times I've had the chocolate brownie chunk. It is awesome. That's my vote. If you guys want to go vote, you can do so at uh, BuiltBar.com or on their Twitter account at Bar underscore Built on Twitter. But when you go to BuiltBar.com, make sure you use their promo code, or our promo code rather, LOCKED15. You will get 15% off your next order. That is LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Well, we know the NFL Draft is weeks away. It is time to start following our Locked On NFL Draft duo, the Draft Dudes podcast. They watch every prospect so that you don't have to, and the Locked On NFL Draft podcast is your daily draft news and mock draft podcast. Follow Locked On NFL Draft and Draft Dudes on the Radio.com app or wherever you get your podcasts. We are continuing our draft conversation with Mark Jarvis from the NFL Draft Bible and SI.com, hitting on some of the SEC prospects. Uh, what are you hearing on Mac Jones? I know uh, he's he's been a real riser, I guess, in, in draft season ever since his, his performance at the Senior Bowl. I know people were, were raving about him all week long. As, you know, he's the first guy on the practice field, always brings enthusiasm and excitement and all that. Uh, is Mac Jones going to go top 10 in this draft, in your opinion? I think he will. I think some coaching staff's going to really fall in love with him. I know he's a little bit different from what we've seen in the past couple of years, really taken off with the Josh Allens and Lamar Jackson, the guys who can extend plays. He's not that. Um, but what he does give you is remarkable touch. His, his timing and his accuracy is really impressive. Even going beyond the completion percentage and the type of things that you look for statistically that indicate it, just watch him when he's under pressure. He's calm. He's relaxed. He's able to alter his throwing uh, platform easily. Um, he just never flustered in the face of pressure because of that. He can make throws that 
maybe he's not necessarily going to extend with his legs, but he can do enough to where he can open up throwing lanes, get the ball out effectively and accurately. And I think uh, in terms of what teams will see with him, maybe not the highest upside guy, probably not going to be as high upside as maybe a Trey Lance uh, necessarily. But I think the baseline is going to be as a starting quarterback in the NFL level. And I think teams are going to love that baseline that they get with Jones. I've seen a couple of the Alabama uh, players sound off on this, but is Mac Jones better than Tua coming out? <laughs> That's a tough one. That's a really tough one because I think stylistically they're a little bit different. I think Jones, I want to say, is a little bit more accurate. I think he's more controlled in the face of pressure. Tua was able to create more with his legs. Uh, after the injuries, he started to lose some of that mobility, but it's still, I think, head and shoulders above Jones in that regard as an athlete. I would say yes. Uh, I think Jones is a little bit more of a natural intermediate uh, and deep thrower than, than Tua was, but it's it's close. Um, I'll lean on the expertise of the guys catching passes. I'll say Jones over Tua. <laughs> it's just crazy what a difference a, a year makes with uh, our opinions on, on some of these guys. All right, I'm um, talking with Mark Jarvis of NFL Draft Bible at SI.com. Uh, Mark, give me an SEC guy who won't go in the first round, but you think is a really intriguing prospect in this year's draft. I really love uh, Sherwood from Auburn, the the safety. I think teams are going to view him kind of the way they viewed Jeremy Chen last year. Of maybe he's a guy you can bring forward and play as a linebacker if if that's what you need. Uh, but I think he's so long; it helps him so much with in terms of taking on blockers, shedding effectively. He's got a great tackling radius. I think the awareness uh, is an issue. I, I wish his mental process would be a little bit better, but it's not terrible for a guy who's only been a one-year starter who's still pretty raw that many people expect to go back to school. Uh, but I think the upside with Sherwood, whether you want to play him as a box safety or try to move him up and play him as a more traditional linebacker, he's a guy that I think a team might say in round two, you know what, this guy's tools are off the charts. Uh, let's go ahead and just roll the dice on him and take him here at the back of the second or at the, the top of the third. Last one for you. I'm just curious, where do you have Najee Harris ranked? I mean, I, I've seen people are very torn in that running back spot. I remember last year people talking up, you know, all, all these different running backs, and then Clyde edwards elaire goes in the first round. He's the lone running back that gets drafted. So I know a lot could change. I mean, I just when I watched Najee in college, I'm like, this guy is. I mean, he's going to be successful at the next level. You just have to assume. But I know Travis Etienne from Clemson is up there. But just curious where you have Najee ranked in your in your mind. Right now, I would say he's probably a round two guy for me. Najee's a really interesting one, stylistically, because you don't see many runners who have his body type, his size. He's about 6'2", 230, and he looks like the guy who's just going to run you over, but he's a very nimble runner. He's a guy who's going to go more for finesse a lot of times than being a, a pure power guy. I think at the next level, as the competition speeds up, he's going to have to learn to rely more on dropping the pads and finding yardage through contact rather than make, trying to make guys miss, but I think tools-wise, Najee has the ability to be one of the best backs in the class. Right now, I have Javonta Williams from North Carolina over him, and I'm kind of leaning ETN as well over him. I have to finish up ETN's report before I say that officially. Um, but I would say Najee's comfortably running back three at least, um, and I think he's going to go somewhere at the back of the top 50. Wow. Well, that's uh, look. It's this time of year is always a lot of fun to see, you know, especially for us SEC fans to see where these guys are are gonna end up at, and you know what what happens in their uh, career up at the the pro level. And uh, one more quick thought from you, uh, Urban Meyer in Jacksonville. Do you think that uh, he'll be successful there? I know there's a lot of Florida Gator fans that are looking at it, <laughs> saying, "Well, it's a short drive from uh, Gainesville up to Jacksonville. We'll go cheer on Urban and see how he does." But I mean, look, you can't go wrong if he's gonna take Trevor Lawrence number one in this year's draft but um is urban meyer going to be successful as an nfl coach in your mind 
Oh, I don't want to speak too much on it because I, I have a, I'd have a lot of work I need to do, kind of studying what Urban brings to the table and what he do for Jacksonville, his style of coaching versus the personnel they have. There's a lot of stuff I'd have to do before I give you a firm opinion on that. But I will say that Trevor Lawrence being the guy you bring in and he's your first pick, uh, he, he's kind of the face of your franchise going forward, I think it's a good starting point. Mark Jarvis, NFL Draft Bible at SI.com. Follow him on Twitter at What's on Draft NFL. Uh, get, let our listeners know what you got up at the uh, website right now. Right now, we're to, we got a, uh, a basically a scouting guide coming out. We release it every year, and, and this year's no different. Obvious, obviously, you can find that on there. I think it's only about twenty bucks. That we have, I think, six hundred reports in the whole thing. It's it's a it's a gigantic uh, draft guide. Uh, we also got some of our rankings articles coming up daily on what uh, what's going on with pro days. Um, some hot takes on who who's maybe the biggest sleeper you need to look out for. So a lot of stuff going on on the website. Mark, great stuff, man. Really uh, enjoyed catching up with you, and uh, we'll have to bug you again before this draft happens, all right? (laughs) Sounds good. All right, thanks a lot. That's Mark Jarvis of uh, the NFL Draft Bible at uh, SI.com, and you can follow him on Twitter at What's On Draft NFL. And uh, one of the guys out there that I enjoy reading his stuff does a good job of covering the NFL. And it was funny, you know, talking to him leading up to the uh, the interview. He was like, you know, haven't done my full homework on on this guy yet, still studying his film, so I want to wait to give an opinion on him. So that's a guy who clearly does his homework. And, you know, when he says something, he's done his research and done his homework on uh, on uh, what he's uh, his opinion that he's sharing. So we appreciate him joining us here on the podcast. That is going to do it for this edition of Locked on SEC. Plenty more to come tomorrow on the show. We'll continue the conversation on preparing you for the Sweet 16 matchups happening this weekend as the SEC continues on and a lot more pro day action happening this week. A lot more SEC schools getting ready. We'll recap Alabama's pro day among the others and keep you up to date on the football news, spring football updates, and much more throughout the week. Make sure you are subscribed and following Locked on SEC. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.